All right, guys.、Uh, welcome back to another episode of a、uh, hundred books a year with Kevin. Today, let's continue our discussion on Beyond Entrepreneurship Two Point Zero, uh, B Two Point Zero, uh, Jim Collins' latest book. Let's dive into a couple elements of the leadership style. I don't know how many I'm gonna get through. There are seven total. Um, I don't want to like you know、uh, overblow it, right? Like. Um, talk about a couple and then make it not memorable. So here are the seven elements of the leadership style.、Uh, first one is authenticity. Second one is decisiveness. Third one is focus. Fourth one is personal touch. Fifth one is hard slash soft people skills. Sixth is communication. Seven is ever forward. So yesterday, we touch on this right.、Um, Whenever we have the leadership conversation, we need to have a couple ways of talking about it, right? So the one way is functionally, what is your vision, right? What is your, or where are you leading your team to? Secondly, is leadership style, and then those are personalized, right? So we want to spend the next couple of days kind of dive into these personalized goals and personalized leadership styles, so we can have a better idea of what Jim Collins was saying. So, I don't know how many I'm gonna get. So probably just one, maybe two, but we'll see. So, first of all, authenticity.、Um, authenticity is really, actually the. Is the essence of a living company, right? The values and the、um, you know the ambitions of a companies are not really. Instilled a lot by what the leaders say. But they're really instilled by what does the leader do, right? So Jim Collins uses example in the book. It's like kneading bread, right? Whenever you are doing that bread dough, right, you're kneading it, you're kneading it. It's the constant, the constant beating into the value. It's a constant action. It's the constant massage of the bread dough that. Is you know really able to instill the very very essence of that work、uh, of that organization.、Um, Sam Walton, for example,、um, they uses that example. The founders of Walmart.、Um, he he is like the prime example of instilling value, right? Because if you think about Walmart, you think about value. So he drives a beat up truck till the day he died. He fly coach. He never had his, you know, like a private plane. He get cold sandwiches for the board meeting. Nothing really fancy. His idea was, right, is that、um, if I am a a extravagant spender, then how can I reinforce this value consciousness or the value culture within my employee within my store? Right. I think that's really really powerful. So. Sam wanted to demonstrate two things, right, to his uh or uh organization, efficiency and frugality, and you know like in 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 my view, right,、uh, Sam Walton is essentially like living like a um redneck, right, like nothing against red uh redneck, but like country people that you know um、uh, that that happens to run a grocery chain, right. Perhaps the biggest grocery chain in the world.、Um, okay, secondly, let's talk about decisiveness, right?、Um, we're gonna touch on this a little bit today, where 
leaders who build great companies seldom suffers from indecisions. That's what Jim Collins recognizes, right? Is that you make a decision, usually without the perfect information. And then the most effective decision, Jim Collins argued that come in two sections, right? One is the intuition, the other one is the actual analysis. So there is actually no such thing as a unintuitive person. Right? We all have some kind of an intuition instilled in us. We just need to recognizing it and then using it. So the bad decision is always better than no decisions in most cases in the business world. And in the world of you know, like a tiny startup or a medium-sized company, if you don't move constantly, if you don't make those decisions, you're going to fail as a company, right? So a good leader, is, um, especially for those medium to, to uh, you know, uh, tiny-sized companies, they must learn how to live within the fact that they will make mistakes and make a lot of them, how to deal with them, right? So I remember watching the 2021, the latest Berkshire Hathaway meeting like last weekend, um, right? Like people ask him, hey, Warren, right? Like, why do you sell a lot of apples last year during the pandemic? Like, you know, like um, Apple has done great. And then like Warren just laugh it off. Say, hey, yeah, I, I made a mistake, <laughs> right? Uh, he's not even saying we have said, yeah, I, Warren, made a mistake there. And there's going to be a lot more mistakes coming up, right? So a leader especially like Warren Buffett, right? Like he has no ego in that regard, which is pretty amazing in my view. Um, let's touch on a little bit on the group decision-making because I think this is actually really interesting. How do you minimize a group think, right? Um, fundamentally, a leader skill is a couple fold, right? We have ask questions, we have make observations, and then provide input, and then really catalyzing a decision. So a leader needs to do all four of those things, right? And a good leader doesn't really cut the decision process short, but they are not going to over prolong it as well. I remember it was GE. It was G, uh, GE's previous C, uh, CEO. Um, I think back in the 60s, I believe. I don't remember exactly. I think Peter Trucker wrote about this as well, where... Uh, like the GE CEO was like, you know, making a big decision and then they're like, are we all in, in agreement? And then uh, um, uh, everybody at the table just not, yeah, we're all in agreement. And then the GE CEO is like, okay, cool. So we're not going to make a decision today. We're only going to make a decision where there's other disagreeing voices in the room, right? So in a sense, that is great because like a good leader needs to have different voices, needs to consider different voices, right? So a couple more things I want to touch on before we wrap up today. Uh, whenever we make a decision as a group, nobody needs to be all, all on the same page. It's not a unanimous, unanimous vote, kind of like a jury duty, no, right? You don't have to have that. There's a couple ways of thinking about this, right? So the first way is, maybe between 51% to 100%, we move towards that decision, right, majority rule. There's also another uh, type of de uh, decision-making that Jim Collins mentioned is called participative decision-making. So a quick example would be uh, JFK, right, uh, during the Cuba Missile Crisis, those 13 days. Uh, 
a good leader should be asking for ideas, for suggestions, for calculations, for alternatives and solutions. And then the leader makes a final choice, right? President uh, JFK during the Cuba Missile Crisis was like that, you know, 13 days, right? They t he asked all the relevant people, the generals, trying to make a final choice. And then he was not really goading, like being goaded into a decision making, right? So in the sense that autocratic decision making is bad, but comparatively, you want to use more of a uh, participative decision making, right? Kind of hear out everybody and then make a final decision. And Jim Collins believed that doing all of his research, most of the successful company they do best with participative decision making, not the autocratic type of the decision making. All right, cool. So yeah, we did good today. We, we covered two. Uh, we covered authenticity, and then we also covered uh, decisiveness. So tomorrow, we're, uh, we're going to move down the list. Uh, we have focus, and we have personal touch. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, share with your friends. Subscribe to the podcast, and uh, have a great day.